Father, I'm, uh, I am, uh, <laughs> I'm confused for all the right reasons. God, I ask that in this moment you would open every single one of our eyes to your power, your wonder, your grace. And God, in the moments that come, that, Father, you would give me clarity as to what to do next. Because, God, it is all about Jesus. <laughs> so I thank you for his triumph. I thank you for his victory. I thank you for the, the incredible gift we have in Christ. I ask that you would remind us of how precious that gift is. For it's in his good name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. I am a little messed up. Um, it's what happens when you pay attention to what you're singing. I should stop doing that. Um, take, take, your, oh, take your Bibles. <laughs> Go to Colossians chapter 2. Um, yeah, go to Colossians 2. If you're, if you're using one of our Uniontown Bibles that are available in the back, if you don't have one, then just go ahead and turn to page 1830 and you can figure out where we are there this morning. I, um, so what do I mean by I'm confused? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spot on, bro. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good joke, but you nailed it for me. Thank you. Uh, that's it. It's, it's um, so <laughs> I told my wife last night, that as I prepared this message, I have three different conclusions. Um, but the funny part is this, the point's the same in every single one of them. It was just going to be a matter of, of how long I actually had to preach and, and, and with doing, observing communion together and all those things. And, and, and then as I'm sitting here this morning, I, I, I am guilty. I am guilty. I'm guilty. Uh, I am guilty of being a, a, a man who wants to get up here and to open up God's word and to show you something astonishing and astounding. I'm guilty of wanting to make something powerful in presentation and in word, and um, I need to read this, because this is, this is what I was reminded of as we're singing that song this morning about the name of Jesus, not about the powerful presentation, not about the guy who gets up here to speak, whoever it is, but, but I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when Paul says this to the church at Corinth, when I came to you, my brothers and my sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I didn't come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I came to you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. And I got that this morning. My, my speech, my preaching, they weren't with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith is not based on human's wisdom, but on God's power. Um, hey, okay, we got two people clapping. We're not going to just leave them out there. So let's, let's all, because we're not clapping, we're clapping, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, buckle up, because I don't know where I'm going. Other than what we've looked at already in the book of Colossians is this, Jesus is the name above all names. When we've looked at the book of Colossians, this is what's about to happen. I, I, already, I got it. Okay. This is what's about to happen. What's about to happen is we are going to observe the Lord's Supper and communion together for the next 45 minutes, because we don't come to these tables just to take a little snack. We come to these tables to be reminded of what it is that Jesus did for us. We come to these tables because we are a forgetful people. We come to these tables and we, we take a cracker and a little tiny cup that's pre-poured juice for you. 
And in some way, that's supposed to remind you of the blood of Jesus. How does that work? It, it's simply a picture. It's like when you go on a vacation and you sit down and you look back at all, well, actually, you take your phone out now and you scroll through all your pictures and you look, you're like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. That was amazing. That was beautiful. That's what we were supposed to see when we observed the Lord's Supper together, the beauty and the majesty and the power of the one who came to die in your place. And as we've gone through Colossians, that's what we keep seeing. I mean, he's, he's talking to a church at Colossae who's just, just fallen for all of the tricks of the trade, and they just keep falling into trap after trap. And Paul's saying, listen, you, you need to remember the roots. And, and as we looked at chapter one, it's like, you remember the, the roots, remember the roots, remember what grace is, remember the fact that, that God enabled you he, he empowered you. He equipped you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He rescued you. He transferred you into the kingdom. He's given you redemption and the forgiveness of sins. When you take the cracker and you hold that little cup, remember, it's grace. Undeserved, but given for you so that you could have redemption the forgiveness of sins. And it wasn't cheap. It wasn't cheap. It was provided by the, the Son of God, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the one who has created everything, who everything was created through him and everything is created for him. So at the end of all ends, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even the rocks cry out, it wasn't cheap. He came and he, in verse 20 of chapter 1, he made peace through his blood which was shed on the cross. And then, then last week we talked about, about the Christ in you, the hope of glory, and being reminded again of what Christ means to us. We forget what we have in Christ, particularly as us Gentile people. We forget we had no access, no entrance, no ability to walk into God's presence, but by Christ we do. And, and, and we get to this place in chapter 2, and um, <laughs> I'm going to skip a lot of what I had prepared because I don't, I don't think it matters. Well, it does matter. Oof, careful. Lightning fell from heaven at that moment, and Frank fell off the stage. Let's, let's start reading verse 4. I'll make a couple comments, but there, I've got to get someplace. <laughs> I get there. Verse 4, I'm saying these things. Chapter 2, verse 4, I'm saying these things so that none of you will be deceived with arguments that sound reasonable. So stop right there. The arguments against Christ being supreme. The arguments against Christ being all in all. The arguments against Christ being the only way, truth, and life. Those arguments come fast and furious in today's culture and they're presented in a way that if you stop and evaluate the argument, you might follow a logical progression and think, well, wait, maybe, and it shakes your foundation, which is why Paul told the Colossians, you keep falling for it, go back to the roots. Stop looking at the argument and look instead to the cross. Look at verse six. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, and you're overflowing with gratitude when you remember what it is that Jesus did for you. Look at verse eight, verse eight be careful. Be careful, no one takes you captive through philosophy and <clears throat> empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. 
The, the, the arguments that are flying at us today are, aren't as overt. I mean, none of us are dumb enough to fall for the overt, obvious ones like Jesus wasn't the Son of God. Well, we could just close that door and walk away. But the ones that keep getting us are the ones where somebody says to you, yes, Jesus, faith in Jesus, that's great. But, but you know, it's for God to be happy with you, to God to accept you, and, and, and for God to protect you, and for you and God to be good, it's not just faith in Jesus. It's faith in Jesus and, and you fill in that blank with anything. And what you've just done is moved from, you've moved from the gospel message of God doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself, you've moved from that to religion, which is I'm going to work my tail off so God might be happy with me. That, that, that's a not so subtle shift that occurs right there, isn't it? But, but when you think about it and you hear it and you listen to it, it actually starts to make some sense. Well, of course, God wants me to be in church. And of course, God wants me to, to make sure that I read my Bible daily. And of course, God doesn't want me to smoke. Of course, God doesn't want me to drink. Of course, God doesn't want me to drink too much anyway. Of course, God doesn't want me to, to yell at that person. Of course, God doesn't want me to... And it's like, but it all makes sense. It all sounds good. But your ability to live a moral life gains you no access into God's peaceful kingdom. The only thing that brings you into the presence of God in peace is Jesus Christ. And so what Paul's saying, he's like, man, go back to the roots. I I don't know. I don't know what God's doing this morning. I'm terrified. I worked a lot on this message that I'm not preaching. God and I are going to have a little discussion on the way home today, I think. But you know what I know? I know it's about Jesus. I know that's who we're supposed to be about. I, I know, I know that is, he is what is most important. And I know that throughout scripture, we're challenged to remember over and over and over again because we are a forgetful people. That's why he left us this perfect picture of what he's done for us so we might remember. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me do this, verse nine. Verse nine, I mean, you get a picture of who Jesus is. The entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. Picture that. Again, we talked about it a few weeks ago. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. You, you want to know who God is? Watch how Jesus treats the woman at the well. You want to know who, who, who God is? Look at, look at how Jesus deals with the woman who was caught in adultery. If you want to know who, who God is, look at how Jesus deals with the outcast, the lepers, when he touches the leper and the people freak out because you're not supposed to do that. If you want to know who God is, that's who God is. Then look at Jesus. You want to know who God is? Look at how Jesus confronts the Pharisees and the Sadducees for their self-righteous moronicness. You want to know who God is? Look at Jesus, who the entire fullness of God's nature dwells in. All of God is in Jesus. But here's the amazing part. When you remember who Jesus is, you look at this very, the very next phrase, verse 10, and you have been filled by Jesus. So, so this is hard to understand, I think, a little bit. So, so Jesus contains the fullness of God's entire nature, and you, in Christ, have been filled full. How does that work? How does that work? My cup's a little too full. I was just going to guzzle this, but you know how well I drink water. Um, so if I was to go and stand at the edge of the ocean, how, how many of you have never been to the ocean? Raise your hand. Okay, good. So we all got to kind of, kind of get this thing. We've been, stand at the end of the ocean. You know how you look out and you can see kind of like the curvature of the earth? I'm sorry, the earth isn't flat for those of you who might be here with us, okay? But you see the curvature of the earth, right? You can look out because you can see as far as you can. And you just imagine for a moment. That's the, so we'll, we'll go on our side, the Atlantic Ocean. It's this huge, massive body of water. 
And I can stand at the, in the surf of the Atlantic Ocean with an empty cup. And in a split second, as the waves come crashing in, I can reach down and put my cup and pick it up, and it's filled full with the ocean. Have I made a dent in the ocean's capacity? No. But I'm filled full with it. See, that's what he's saying here. He's saying that you can be filled full in Jesus. You are filled full. He fills you full of God's fullness. Now, now, could you have room for more? Absolutely. We're stretchy like that. We could always fit more in us, but we need to continue to run to the shore and dip our faces in it. See, we, we, we talk about Jesus. It's about him, and we've been filled in him. And let me, let me, let me run down. Wow. Verse 11, you were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of the flesh and the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, and when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Time out. He doesn't say you were sick. He doesn't say you made a few honest mistakes. He doesn't say, and I, I refer to it like this all the time, but even this is, is selling it short. He doesn't even say you were broken. He says you were dead. You were dead because of your trespasses. You were dead because of your sins. You were dead because of the uncircumcision of your flesh. But God, through Christ, made you alive with him. Think about that for a moment. How many of you have ever gone to a memorial service and the guy walked in and said, okay, He's dead, but watch this. Be alive. And he sat up and then it turned into a birthday party or something. But God, through Jesus Christ, breathed breath into deceased beings. See, you understand that's what you were before Christ? You were dead. You were dead. And the only reason you have life is because God, through Christ, breathed life into you. He made you alive and he forgave you of your trespasses. He forgave you of your trespasses. And he describes this forgiveness that we get through Christ, which is mind-blowing. This is what Jesus did, verse 14. He erased their certificate of debt. Have you ever had an important document get erased? I have. Actually, mine wasn't erased. Mine had some, uh, a rather significant amount of coffee spilled on it. Now, the person who spilled the coffee on that rather important document was wise enough to see that they had spilled a large amount of coffee on an important document that had some important phone numbers on it, and they were quick to copy down the phone numbers before the paper got so saturated that you couldn't see it anymore. So that was, that was helpful. However, that document, in and of itself, useless. I couldn't read a number on it to save my life. Have you, have you ever seen a document be erased like this? The certificate of debt that's along with its, what's it say? It's obligations. It was against us. It was opposed to us. It's this list of our debts against God, which are many. And yet in Jesus it says he erased those things. But it says even more than that, not only did he erase them, it says he has taken it away. He's walked away with it. This has happened here at Uniontown a number of times where when the, the service is done and everybody is left and there's a few of us left, somebody comes back in the building and says, yeah, left my keys somewhere. And what we find out is that somebody has a similar car or a similar key ring and they took your keys with them. So how easy is it for you to get in your car and start your car when somebody else has your keys? 
It ain't happened because your keys have been taken away. In this moment, what has happened is Jesus took the list of debts against God and in his blood, through his work on the cross, take it away. He's taken it away and he's done what? He's nailed it to his cross. Why? It's, it's, it's actually a, a simple thing. Your sins have been nailed to the cross of Christ. You should have been nailed to the cross of Christ. But because of Jesus, who absorbed all of God's wrath for you, you stand forgiven. That list of sins forever written over, we talked about it through the sayings of Christ on the cross, stamped on top of it, the, the Greek word tetelestai, which in the English is translated, it is finished. Paid in full, forever taken care of, nailed to the cross. But here's the part that I wanted to get to. And um, somebody, if, if, if the worship team is in here, I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning. I am about done. Because I'm going to get to this point, and I'll dribble on for a little bit, but if anybody doesn't, or sees a worship band member walking around because they're coming to second service, not first service, give them a heads up that I'm about done, and uh, we're going <laughs> to... There they go. <laughs> okay? So, so get to this end part. Think about this. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus. We're being overwhelmed by all the things that Jesus did, that he's the full image of God. He is the visible of the invisible. We get to see him. And what did he do for us? He erased our certificate of debt. He nailed it to his cross. And then it says in verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities. Do you know what the word disarmed means? Stripped them. The rulers and the authorities who stood against us, Jesus walked in and stripped them bare, shamed them. It says he disgraced them publicly. You want to know what that looks like to disgrace them publicly? It looks like this. The rulers and authorities, both those seen and unseen, have gathered together and decided that the way that they're going to wage war against Christ is they're going to crucify him. They're going to put him to death. And you know what they do? Exactly that. They put him to death. And guess what happens? Because they put Jesus to death, death defeats him. Or Jesus defeats death. Because of all of those things that had happened, because of what they had done by crucifying Christ, their very crucifixion of Christ becomes the means by which God says, checkmate. It's done. You want to know how done it is? Look at how this verse ends. He triumphed over them in him. That means nothing to us in the English. Triumph. I mean, you think about, okay, sorry, I'll bring it up. LeBron James last night evidently won a game. Yay. I'm not talking hockey anymore either because every time I talk about my team, they lose. But it doesn't mean LeBron James walked out, and he did. He walked out of the arena and his kids were there and it was actually kind of a cool moment where he was just a good dad. I mean, superstar, like, hey, psh, psh, slapping high fives with his kids, like, eh. and the fans are like, he's like, yeah, and he triumphed over the Toronto Raptors. No. Now this is talking about a parade. It's a Roman triumph. What would happen in the, the Roman triumphs, and let me, let me grab this just so I don't leave any of this out. What would, what would happen in the Roman triumphs is this, that, that um, after a, a successful military campaign, the Roman general would come back to town. And, and, and as he entered behind him, they would put on full display all of the spoils of war that they had just gotten. So there'd be gold and jewels, 
There'd be property, animals, all of these things that they had recovered from this incredible victory. Behind them would be the soldiers that the general used. So it'd be Roman soldiers walking through all proud and puffed up. And behind them would be all the warriors from the nation that they overthrew. Dragged through the streets in shame. Stripped of their armor and their weapons. Brought through the streets so that all the people on the sides of the streets could look at them and mock them and shame them and scorn them. And ultimately what it led to is the ultimate glory of the general who had conquered all of them. And then that, that, that triumph parade would continue as the general would lead these now enslaved people, these people who he had taken captive. He would take those captives to the final end of the parade where he would put them to death. Demonstrating his power, his authority, his victory. Do you know that when Jesus was done with the cross, when he was done stripping the authorities and powers, when he was done disgracing them publicly, Jesus triumphed over all of his enemies. Jesus put on display for everybody to see as he marched out of the tomb. And behind him were sin, death, and the grave, who, who are, have been given a death sentence. It will no longer rule and reign in our lives. See, it's about Jesus. And, and for too many of us, we continue to listen to the wrong people, the wrong things, read the wrong things, and we, we throw ourselves into it and be like, oh, that sounds so logical. That must be it. It's not it. If it's anything but Jesus, it's not it. See, what we do this morning when we come is to remember what Jesus Christ did for us. We, we came to, to look at this picture that he left for us so we'd be reminded of what he did for us. The fact that he died in your place, the place where you deserve to die. It means that he took the full wrath of God that was reserved for you. And now in, the, in that place, now all you get is grace, mercy. It means you remember the next time, we're told in Matthew, the next time that Jesus observes this supper, he'll do it with us. You, you, you look at this picture and you, you remember that, that we get to celebrate the victory that is his because it's also ours. We were reminded that he taunted sin and death and the grave when he marched out of the tomb. See, guys, uh, it's not about style points. It's not about what church you go to. It's not about when you were baptized. It's not about what clothing you wear. It's not about what you do, and it's not about what you don't do. It's all about Christ. Each and every one of us, as we look at this picture that he left for us, needs to be reminded, not just of the fact that Jesus came to die in our place, but we need to be reminded of the fact he's going to return. And one day we'll see him face to face. It will spend all of eternity with him. And it has nothing to do with how good you were. It has everything to do with how triumphant he is and will continue to be. It's all about Jesus. So, so here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray here in a minute. 
And, and I'm going to ask that the, the band's going to come out when I pray, and then they're going to play some music. And as they're playing music, I'm going to ask that you just get up from your seat and head to one of the tables. We have two in the back and, and four in the front here. And, and just make your way up to the table and receive the elements. You take the, the cracker and the juice and return to your seat with it. When you return to your seat, I'm going to ask that you just sit there for just a couple of moments and pray. Examine your heart. Consider what else you might be putting your trust in. Remind yourself that what you hold in your hands is a picture, a picture of what Jesus Christ did for you, God in flesh, crucified for you, buried for you, raised from the dead again for you. Just about Jesus. May we not make it, I was going to say more complicated, but in sincerity, the moment we add anything to Jesus, we've dumbed it down. It's about Jesus. May we remember him as we observe the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray together. God, that was just bizarre to me. I, 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 all I know, Father, is that you have time and time again reminded me that I just get so far distracted by things. <sighs> And those things not only don't matter, they actually conflict with you. So Lord, I pray that as we get to observe the Lord's Supper together, as we get to look at the broken cracker, we get to look at the juice, the picture of your shed blood. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to be reminded that it's about Jesus. God, I ask that you would take the incoherent ramblings that just came out of my mouth and make them something that brings you glory and pleasure. Father, would you be pleased? Would you be happy with how we consider Jesus today? May we be reminded that there is no rival, that there is no enemy that could come even close. Father, that you triumph over all of them. Father, I ask that you would remind us time and time again of your love for us, your grace for us, your mercy for us. May we lean into Jesus and not be distracted. We love you. And I thank you for the finished work. Thank you for this perfect picture you left for us. May we see you as we consider what you've done for us. Amen.